We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Hey, RotoViz Radio listener. This is Curtis Patrick from the Dynasty Command Center podcast, and I've got a special deal for you today. Go to rotoviz.com, click the subscribe button, put the 12 month subscription in your cart, and use promo code RVRADIO2021. That's RVRADIO2021. And you're going to save 10%. Taking advantage of this deal, getting your hands on what's included in the package is the best way to enhance your performance this year. So go to rotoviz.com and subscribe now. Mahomes has the time, delivers, perfectly downfield, touchdown, Patrick Mahomes with a rope. This one out, touchdown. This time going deep for Beckham Jr. Hello everyone, welcome back to Rotoviz Overtime on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by Blue Wire. My name is Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. And once again, I am delighted to be joined by the co-host here of the Rotoviz Overtime Podcast. It is Sean Siegel. Sean, we are having uh, an action-packed week this week. We are going to be talking a little bit about the MFL 10 of Death on today's show, among a number of other things, and a recent interesting piece that you did around. Uh, the so, some keys to success in these upcoming drafts. The other part that's going to be very interesting this week, Sean, is we are going to be joined by Denny Carter, which is going to be fun for one of our upcoming shows later this week. And we had three shows last week. We're going to have three shows this week again. So bringing the content the way of the listeners and uh, getting lots of positive feedback on it as well. So uh, we're going to keep trying to ramp that out as we can. I will be mentioning in just a little moment as well, uh, we will be having a contest over the next two weeks to give away an entry into the Scott Fishbowl. So I know a lot of people uh, are looking for those entries if you aren't in already. Uh, tune in in just a little moment for some more details on that. But Sean, big week here on the podcast, three shows. Looking forward to it. 
Yes, and we want to start out by thanking Alex for uh, his fantastic guest appearance last week. Uh, listeners know that he won the previous contest that we held, did a little guest spot on the show, and he really did an excellent, excellent job. We talked a little bit about the beginning of the MFL 10 of death with him. We're going to go over that a little bit more today, discuss some of the onesie positions, look at my draft, kind of how those things fit together and why you might want to put a lot of focus on how you draft the less glamorous positions in best ball. I really think that how you approach that is going to determine whether or not you make money or lose money on the season. Obviously we know that you need do need to hit on a couple of key guys. You can't be completely locked out of those high win rate players and you can't have your team suffer atrocious injury luck. But beyond that, it really comes down to how you draft positions like quarterback, tight end defense, We'll go over how to do that and why that will put you in position to when you have good years to just destroy your leagues, make a ton of money. When you have bad years, uh, sort of hold even and maintain your bankroll for the following season. It, it really comes down to some key decisions that are very difficult. And we can look at the roster construction explorers to make those decisions. But never fear, we're not just going to talk about that. We'll also look at my picks in the draft for people who want to know those players. That's the fun part. We'll have both of those elements today. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I mentioned the contest that is for the SFB 11, which is coming up. And I was talking to Scott last week, and uh, I was actually quite surprised at how quick we are getting towards draft season in terms of the Scott Fish Bowl and things like that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be giving it away uh, on this Tuesday show uh, or else the, the Thursday show in two weeks' time. We're going to have Scott Fish hopefully come on and join us on that podcast to give it away. To enter, we had our contest, like Sean mentioned recently, it was to give the five-star review on your favorite podcast app we're going to have a similar theme to this but i'm also going to be putting out some tweets on my twitter account which is at overtime ireland if you go on there and retweet those tweets that is going to gain you the access and so it's quite simple five star review and a retweet gets you entry into the contest i know some people left five star reviews for the last contest it is amazing how the the ratings and review system works that if you actually go in and refresh the review that you left a month ago that actually benefits us because it counts as an updated or a new review so still go uh, add in maybe there's something different you want to add in from when you left it uh, four weeks ago um, but again retweet and five star review gets you en- entry into that and uh, if you aren't in the Scott Fishbowl uh, it's, a, it's a great opportunity to get yourself in there Sean you mentioned obviously and I mentioned the MFL 10 of death you're in it I know what it is I ask you this every year what how do we explain it to the listeners Right. This is just sort of a fun league that Pat Thorman put together um, about eight years ago now, I would say, since we're in the, the MFL 10 of death eight. And it's got some of my favorite writers. It has Denny. It has Mike Beers, who built uh, so many of our fantastic tools. Uh, it has Rich. It has Mike Clay. has Scott Barrett, who's been on the show. has Evan Silva, one of our favorite people. Uh, JJ Rummy has... Uh, Ryan Forbes, just a lot of my favorite writers, and I think the the strongest minds in the industry. So when we get together and do this league, we're looking at the strategies that each owner takes. We're looking at the players that they are really emphasizing for this season because you get a sense of you know which guys that the different writers are really strong on if they're going to use them in this particular league, and so. It's a lot of fun. We can see different tactics. We can see different players. We started out talking with Alex about my decision to draft Jonathan Taylor in the first round. That was a tricky one because we know we talk a lot about how best ball is 
a format that works quite well with your running back. If you use single elite running back, then that gives you a little bit more safety, a little bit more upside, a little bit more consistency year to year. Overall, we tend to get similar results with your running back, especially if you do real zero running back, right? Taking just a handful of wide receivers and then pivoting, that doesn't work particularly well. But if you keep drafting and keep drafting and keep drafting at the receiver position, it is just a fantastic approach for these leagues where you can really use the firepower of all of those receivers in the optimized lineup. One of the things that I answer questions about from time to time and does come up in some of my leagues is that if you have six of the top 15 wide receivers, which is always our objective in these redraft leagues, occasionally your wide receiver group is so strong that you'll leave a 40 point game on the bench. You'll leave a 45 point game on the bench. You'll have two 30 point games on the bench. And in many cases you still win that week, right? Because your lineup is strong enough that those guys were legitimately options to go on your bench. One of the things when we look at this is that when you're leaving those wide receiver points on the bench, yeah, that's frustrating. But at the same time, you're almost certainly still winning. And that's the goal. We want to win those individual weeks. In best ball, it's even better because you're not leaving those weeks on the bench. These teams tend to do extremely well. Now, the single elite running back gives you a lot of that with having that star running back as well. So you're a big fan of Jonathan Taylor. I'm a big fan of Jonathan Taylor. Maybe he should be going in the top three or four. There is a little bit of risk with Hines in the equation there. Maybe he doesn't blow up uh, to quite the same extent as a receiver. Carson Wentz is a little bit of a question mark. Maybe he'll be an upgrade on Phillip Rivers, who uh, couldn't throw the ball very far last year, a statue in the pocket, that kind of thing. But maybe he'll be like what he was with the Eagles, which is someone who probably should just be on NFL benches. However, we start with Taylor. We come back around. We select Darren Waller. Waller really the key, I think, to 2021 drafts. Now, we know that you want a tight end early. Our options this year for early guys are really Travis Kelsey, Waller, and George Kittle. Kelsey just so extremely expensive. He was off the board by the time I picked even in round one in this draft. You're going to experience that a lot because he just is so. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed extraordinarily valuable then you come back in round two and really the question that fantasy owners have to answer this season is whether or not to take one of these two guys and their adps in non-premium formats are going to be toward the end of round two and so this is kind of nice because it gives everybody at least one chance to make that play now i picked waller in the middle of the second round kittle went 
at the 209 in this one. That means that the last three guys didn't have a shot at that elite tight end, but maybe that's nice, right? Because it balances it out a little bit. They got the top three picks. We know that the top three picks uh, give you the chance to select those real stars at running back. Hey everyone, before I just want to take a moment to tell you about Blue Wire Hustle, a brand new program where you can host your own podcast here at Blue Wire. Hustle was created to give everyone the opportunity to take your podcast to the next level. Or if you want to host a podcast and just don't know where to start, Hustle is the perfect place for you. As part of the program, you'll receive personal cover art, Q&As with Blue Wire's top podcasters, access to the community Discord, an e-learning course full of tips and tricks, and on top of all of that, will help get your show pushed to Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, and all other listening platforms. And the best part is, you can get all this for only $15 a month, the same rate as any other hosting site would charge you just for the initial setup. So whether you're starting from scratch or you have an existing show that you're wanting to grow hustle is an open door to leveling up your sports podcasting experience acceptance into the program is limited so get your application in today to apply go to bwhustle.com forward slash join check out the description box in this episode for more information but that's bwhustle.com slash join waller i think column is someone who is a little bit safer than kittle has less competition for touches. The 49ers maybe have more overall offensive upside. Maybe both of their quarterbacks will end up being better. Maybe Garoppolo is better kind of right now when he's healthy. Maybe Lance will eventually be better than Derek Carr. But that transition could be a little bit tricky. Lance could be someone who doesn't really elevate the offense in year one. Waller, I think, has the upside and he has the safety, which Kittle may not have. We also have the situation where Kittle's had some injuries in the last couple of years doesn't necessarily mean he'll be injured again, but we have a little bit of a question mark there. This start Taylor Waller. How do you like that as it sets up for what we want to do later? I think it sets up really well. Um, you know, I mentioned this on last week's show as well, and you summarized it very well. I think that like, if I had to say for an NFL team, which tight end would you rather have? I would rather have George Kittle, but when it comes to the volume, the targets and everything that's going to be involved in that this season, I think for fantasy purposes, Waller is the the better value between the two. And that's really because we're having a situation where he is basically the wide receiver one on that offense. He's going to get the most targets. He's going to be in a team where I think they're probably going to have to pass the ball to stay in those games. And I think we could see games like we have with the 49ers, um, you know, on their Super Bowl run where they were just blowing out teams and they weren't really having to to go the passing route so that's always my fear with with Kittle and how things work out with him so I, I'm happy um happy with the start there and uh, interesting in this too we really didn't get anyone with a, a true R, a zero RB build in this one but we we had a few of the modified approach um but uh, like this start so far yeah you mentioned that we should go over a couple of these really quickly we're gonna have Denny uh on later and so we'll kind of leave his start that had five wide receivers in the first seven rounds obviously we like that scott's build had four wide receivers in the first seven rounds including three in the first four rounds he went Devonte adams stefan diggs as one two that's a <laughs> a beautiful start there we love those guys if aaron Rodgers does play for the packers and that's a home run beginning then he deviates goes with jk dobbins in round three i actually have to admit that i like the running backs in the dead zone more this year than i have for a long time We've got some guys going in the dead zone who are young, explosive players who are both a little bit established 
and still have a lot of room for growth. Those aren't necessarily the kinds of guys that we're tending to get in that range most seasons. Usually it's the overdrafted kinds of players, the compromised kinds of players, the early season volume types of players. We know that we don't want those kinds of guys. But when you see Antonio Gibson in round three, DeAndre Swift in round three, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, who, you know, controversial, but definitely has some upside. And then Dobbins, Scott Tug here in round three, that's pretty exciting, right? So if you can start with some wide receivers, pivot to the running back there, and then move back to wide receiver, I like that a lot more than what we would get in that range in most campaigns. So I can see why an owner would want to, to deviate there. I took kind of the opposite approach. We started with the running back, went to the tight end. So we know we've taken two rounds now without a wide receiver. We have to get back to the receiver position and really hammer it here. In round three, there were no amazing picks left, which again is what we'd expect in this draft. I took CD Lamb. He has an ADP sort of early in the fourth. He wasn't going to get back to me. He was the top guy on my board here. I selected him ahead of his teammate, Amari Cooper. I think this is the year where we see the flip. With these guys who come in as stars, who have big rookie seasons, year two is really where they go supernova. They become the kind of guy who then is in the mix to be even, say, a first-round pick with the Tyree Kills, with the Devontae Adamses, you know, with the DeAndre Hopkins. So that was the guy I wanted there. I think that he's got the most upside. I also think that he's the safest. We've seen Amari Cooper uh, with some very good seasons. He's a good player, but he's not a star. And so I think that both his ceiling and his floor are a little bit lower. That doesn't mean that he couldn't hit, you know, a 75% outcome while Lamb hits a 25% outcome and still beat him. That's very much in play. But Lamb, the person I think better chance to be the league winner there, also selected him ahead of guys like Allen Robinson, Terry McLaurin, uh, Julio Jones. So that's sort of where I have him in that group. Coming back around, the frustrating thing, DJ Moore goes one spot ahead of me. I go with Chris Godwin. Maybe that ends up being the better pick anyway. We know that Godwin is going to have a relatively safe QB situation now. Tom Brady didn't really elevate him the way that Jameis Winston did the previous season. And you're going to have some competition for targets with Antonio Brown there. But I think that Godwin is the best of those guys. We have Mike Evans. We know that he's good. He's getting a little bit older. You know, He is the deep threat. He's a good red zone threat. You have Antonio Brown really squeezing as the third guy. But Godwin, even with a couple of those games we saw at the end, he had the one with like five drops down the stretch of last season. He's the guy who, if he's healthy, and that was the thing last season where he put up good numbers and he was suffering through really pretty significant injuries the whole way, played through those. I think that Godwin, he's here the wide receiver 20, uh, still a guy in his mid-20s coming off of the season in 2019 where he really lit the world on fire. If he jumped back up into that wide receiver 6-7 range, I don't think that we would be surprised. Then coming back around, uh, some of the fun players like Ayuk uh, goes off the board. Maybe a few surprise selections in that range with, say, Galladay and, and Beckham, uh, Adam Thielen, Tyler Lockett, all these good picks, all these picks players who have scored well above the range they're being drafted in in recent years, but also maybe have a little bit of that veteran risk, team risk, in terms of what their current situation is. I was glad that T. Higgins lasted to the 507. I think that Jamar Chase is going to end up helping him at least in year one. I think there's a, a scenario in year two, three, four, where Chase could be so dynamic, uh, just so destructive to the league in general, that it hurts Higgins from a volume perspective. 
I don't think that's going to be the case here in 2021. And we saw what T Higgins came out, had one of the best rookie campaigns in the last 20 years, which that in and of itself, I think should elevate him into a conversation where, you know, he should be going around or two earlier, swing back around, make a little bit of a compromise selection with DJ Chark in round six. But again, this idea that wide receiver is deep. We harp on it all the time. How comfortable are you with DJ Chark in round six? Yes, he could jump back to his 2019 performance, or he could be in the situation where LaVisca Chenault becomes the number one, where they really spread it out at wide receiver. That's something that Curtis talks about a lot with this sort of Ohio State influence to their offense. So is the volume going to be there for him? Is he really a stud? I've obviously made a little bit of bet in his favor and the wide receiver is going after him. The next guy off the board, Juju Smith-Schuster, like him as well. But that's a situation where you know Juju could be the number three on his team. So we're talking about already in round six where some of the exciting guys are players who may not be their team's number one. You know, Robbie Anderson comes off in that round. Curtis Samuel comes off in that round. We're talking about guys who could be number twos on offenses that you know maybe even aren't that good. So wide receiver, I think, in that... 30 range we're talking about wide receiver 30 to 35 that's where you see this sort of collapse in value now it doesn't mean that there aren't going to be some exciting guys later Debo Samuel goes off later Jerry Judy goes off later Uh, those are players who I think could elevate to wide receiver one status so you have your flyers you have your options but in terms of really getting set with a group of wide receivers that you can count on as the foundation of your roster I think you need to get them in this range yeah, there is a lot of guys in that, you know, I guess we'll call it the wide receiver dead zone. We touched on it in a few shows recently. There's a few guys in there that I really, really like, but there's a lot of guys in there that I'm really, really avoiding. So, um, you know, there will be some guys obviously in that range that do hit, but there's going to be a lot of uh, disappointing picks, I think, come the end of the season. You mentioned Chark there. Like this time last year, I, I was probably as high on uh, DJ Chark as pretty much anyone. That their season for the Jacksonville Jaguars was pretty much a train wreck the whole way through. Um, wasn't ideal for anybody involved, I don't think. And, you know, we were taking him kind of in the, well, I was anyway, in kind of the third, fourth round range last year, and we're getting him at a slight discount this year. So, look, we may uh, live to regret it, but if we're looking at guys like Odell Beckham going around ahead of him, um, we're looking at Juju Smith, Juju Smith Schuster going in the same range, um, you know, Kenny Galladay's going in the same range. There's a lot of players in there who. I think uh, Chark could um, really overtake again this season. T. Higgins, it's amazing the T. Higgins and C.D. Lamb are in the league the same amount of time for me. For some reason, Lamb feels like he's just been around uh, so long. But I think part of that is that the Cowboys season last year was almost split in half uh, when the Dak Prescott injury happened. Uh, But I, I really do like those wide receivers there is some other interesting ones there that you mentioned in that range but either just going off the board before you uh, had the opportunity to get them so pretty strong pretty strong start there with those four guys involved an interesting pick I've, I've noticed you've picked up in a, a few leagues recently uh, is Javante Williams at running back uh, in the seventh round pivoted back to the running back position and then um, another one of the favorites that I've noticed uh, again I mentioned on a few shows is uh, quarterback one uh, Tom Brady uh, heading into the season again for you uh, that range of picks where it went Javante Williams no fan Tom Brady what was your thought process going through there well Williams I think it is so much the kind of guy that we want in terms of a player who can really blow up and be your running back star uh, for a lesser price his ADP is I think in the fifth round so this is a couple round discount we want to be aware of those discounts not think just automatically that some because someone has fallen below ADP that oh now 
you know, they're a great value for you. A lot of times the guys who fall are people who shouldn't have been uh, what their ADP is to start with. But I like the young player here. I think that he should be going several rounds earlier. He's someone I considered strongly in round six instead of the chart pick, but I wanted to make sure I got that extra wide receiver right there. When we look at some of these guys who are now being drafted in round three, we talked about the young second year running backs. I think that you want to be making sure that you get the rookie running backs too, especially those top three guys, right? So Harris going very, very early. He went at the 303. I don't think that's necessarily wrong, but I think that ETN and Williams, because their immediate situations aren't quite as clear, you can get them as, at a big discount. I think they may be better players. I'm not saying that for sure, but I think that within the range of outcomes for all of them, we know that ETN has some things that Harris doesn't have. We know that Williams comes along and doesn't have that explosive athleticism, but he does have the tackle breaking that a lot of people like. That's a little bit of a red flag if you're just drafting him on that. The tackle breaking element tends to be kind of double counted as we look at running back prospects, but he created a lot of big plays. He was toward the top in our breakaway rush percentage. He can catch the ball. He comes in younger than those other guys, which we know uh, plays out very well in terms of trajectory. So even though you know this isn't a dynasty league where some of those things come into play even more, I think that if the Broncos, you know, all of this is that we want to get some Broncos at these prices and the same thing kind of with fan, because if they do get a quarterback who's better, if they were to get Aaron Rodgers, all of these guys would jump multiple rounds. Whereas where they currently are, they're value fine, right? You're not having to reach to get these guys based on the possibility. As long as you're not having to reach to get them based on the possibility of Rogers coming, you want to be aware of uh, having a little bit of that exposure. You mentioned the quarterbacks, and that kind of leads us into our discussion of these onesie positions. I went with Tom Brady, Baker Mayfield, and Kirk Cousins. I was questioning a little bit Cousins, the third pick. We'd really like to limit it to two QBs. However, Cousins, again, one of these guys where he'd fallen a couple rounds below ADP. I don't have one of the teams with a star quarterback, right? I don't have Murray, Allen, Prescott, Mahomes, Herbert, Wilson, Lamar Jackson. If I don't have those guys, I'm a little bit more willing to take the three quarterbacks. It gives me some injury risk protection. So if one of the guys gets hurt, I'm not automatically eliminated from the contest. The other thing that we found and that we point out uh, every year is that there actually is this three QB window, right? So we know that two QB outperforms three QB in general, but if you take three quarterbacks and don't wait on the third one. So basically the idea is that this decision between two QB and three QB, and it's a little bit the same thing that we see with some of these other ones, the positions is it does actually matter where you take the guys and it matters the combinations that you have with the other onesie position. So if you take a third QB, but you're taking him in this sort of QB 25 to 32 range, that doesn't really help you. And it costs you a roster spot. So anytime that you lose that roster spot and you've selected a, a player who doesn't really help, then we see that, okay, well, now we just really wish we had gone with the two quarterbacks and saved that roster spot there. With the three quarterbacks in the window, we get the same types of win rates that we get with just the two QBs in the window, right? So anytime that you can change what you're doing there and do something that's a little bit contrarian, but do it in a way that gets you those same win rates and allows you to accomplish other objectives. In this case, as I mentioned, not having one of the stars and having a little bit of injury protection, then that's something that we really want to look at. 
And it, also in this case with Kirk Cousins falling, I wouldn't have felt comfortable with him at ADP. I think that he's a solid quarterback. I think that especially when you're kind of that solid quarterback and you have the receiving weapons that he has in Jefferson and Thielen, then suddenly we're looking at a guy where for fantasy, we can feel pretty confident that he's going to have some big games. So with those three guys together, I like that. So that's one of those situations we talk about where structural drafting you should be using to improve your board to amplify the player selections that you're making not to limit you and we want to be flexible within a draft where if cousins doesn't fall i go with the two qbs i take the advantages from that of having the extra roster spot when he does fall and i was in a situation where i just missed on the other guys the other difficult question that i had with that chart pick was that was really the range where lamar jackson had made it to that pick that's the thing that i maybe regret the most not even that i think that it was the wrong choice of i don't like having Chark, but if you have Jackson there, maybe it opens up some of the things. I think that Lamar Jackson is going to bounce back with a huge season. I think he should be going earlier than that, at least within uh, relative to the other QBs, right? I think that he's discounted. So, but you don't make that decision and then you have to be flexible with the subsequent decisions that you then make. And we see that that works pretty well for you. Then we get a little bit later column and we come to the situation where, you know, do you draft two defenses? Do you draft three defenses? You go in and you look at the roster construction explorer and you discover that three defenses has become increasingly unpopular at the same time that it's been increasingly successful, right? So we, we go in and look at this and try and figure out, well, why is this happening? And it turns out that the reason that it's happening is both that now it's a lot easier to draft three defenses without having to you know reach earlier. You get a good third defense even in round 19, which is where I selected my defense in this particular league. But the other thing that's been happening is that owners who select three defenses have been now doing it in combination with other onesie selections that work, right? So in this 2015 to 2016 time period, we had a lot of three defense and three tight end builds. You move then to 27, 2018, those numbers fall the two QB, two tight end, three defense, which is very clearly the best construction, the best overall build. Those numbers were rising. And then you get to 2019, 2020, and everything has sort of switched around to where, yeah, we still have very few people drafting three defenses, but many more of those teams are doing the two QB, two tight end, three defense build, whereas these three tight end builds, the three tight end with three defenses doesn't work particularly well. Right. And if you have a lot of people doing that, then it makes it look like three defense overall doesn't work very well. When in reality, you just need to be making sure that you're doing three defense and only two tight end. So here again, we come to a situation where what you do with the three onesie positions together is very important. This last season in 2020, after we really pushed for this in the best ball workshop in 2019, we came out with last year, the win rate for two QB, two tight end, three defense was 13.5%, which is really just kind of crazy when we're not even talking about, you know, what you do at the running back and wide receiver positions. We're not talking about whether or not you have a Justin Jefferson or that kind of player, a 13.5% win rate. And again, it's because that construction is both utterly dominant and extremely unpopular. And that's one of the things that we're really looking for in fantasy is to find these few areas where there's something that is both very successful and very unpopular because with as much information as there is out there and with as many great minds discussing fantasy football 
that there aren't as many of those as there were five years ago, 10 years ago. We also look at this three QB, two tight end, three defense build, the one that I actually used in the NFL time of death because of what my specific quarterback situation was. Well, that had an 11.1% win rate. So we see that these two builds with the two tight ends and the three defenses plus 10% win rates, we know that if you kind of specify out the specific build that I had where I took my three QBs in that window, then the win rate jumps up again and you have even a much higher win rate, right? So that's what we're looking for as we build. And we're looking for, and we talked about this with Alex. He did a great job with his questions on, on his appearance. Again, if you haven't heard that, I really encourage you to go and make sure you check that out. But as we're looking through the roster construction explorer, we want to make sure that we're not picking out like, oh, if you draft this position instead of that position in round 17 in 2019, then you know that would have been perfect. And that means that we should always do that. That's not really what we're looking for. But when we see these trends that are very consistent year to year and where the results really follow on the logic, we can understand why it's happening then we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of those win rates because when we looked at these things for 2017 to 2019 and said, okay, the trend is going in this direction and the popularity of builds is going in the other direction. So we really feel like this is going to be successful in 2020. Now, there's always a chance that there'll be individual players who come out and have such huge seasons that don't follow the build that it will skew things against you. So you're never in a situation where something is a lock. I mean, we're playing fantasy football. It's, it's not a lock, but the results in most cases are going to come out very heavily in your favor. That's what happened in 2020. And that's the backbone or the reason for why I've approached the 2021 MFL 10 of death in this fashion. Yeah, really good stuff there. And uh, for any of the listeners listening and wondering where they can dive into those numbers if they want to, obviously you can listen back to the show three or four times, write them down as you go. But uh, Sean has conveniently put them into a piece on uh, rotaviz.com for you to check out. So head on over, check that out and dive in a little bit deeper if you find today's content or content in- interesting. Uh, in terms of the contest I mentioned at the start of the show for the Scott Fishbowl entry, uh, do give us a five-star review in your favorite podcast app and head on over to my Twitter feed, at Overtime Ireland. Give the tweet that will be up uh, pretty shortly. Um, if it's not up when the show posts, it will be up uh, pretty shortly after. So uh, keep an eye out for that. Um, of course, you can always get yourself a 10% discount to a one-year Rotoviz pass by heading on over to rotoviz.com, entering the code RVRADIO2021 at checkout, or we're going to rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for further information. That's going to take us to the end of the first show for this week. We have two more shows coming up. One of them will include Mr. Danny Carter. So looking forward to sharing that one with you over the coming week. So until we're back with another one, my name's Colin Kelly. You can follow me on Twitter at Overtime Ireland. My co-host is Sean Siegel, who you can check out on rotoviz.com. Until we're back with another one, have a good one. Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with this country, the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. 
This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.